Do you believe that kindness matters? It's easy to get caught up in the business of life, but a little kindness can go a long way. A random act of kindness can brighten someone's day, and it doesn't have to be a grand gesture. It could be as simple as holding the door open for someone, complimenting a stranger, or buying a cup of coffee for the person behind you in line. When you show kindness, you create a ripple effect that can make a real difference in the world. So, let's commit to being kinder to one another. Let's make it a habit to do something kind for someone every day, no matter how small. Let's spread positivity and make the world a better place, one act of kindness at a time. A message brought to you by the Franciscans of Joy of the Gospel and the In His Holy Name Ministry. Hebrew children. It was good for the Hebrew children. It was good for the Hebrew children. And it's good enough for me. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. It's good enough for me. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. Give me that old time religion. It's good enough for it will do when the world's on fire. It will do when the world's on fire. It will do when the world's on fire. And it's good enough for me. Give me that old time. Dark sacrament exists, but it may need a psychiatrist or an internist to execute it more so than a priest. Let us begin with a short story to help us frame today's podcast. It's a story of a man named John. Once upon a time, there was a man named John who had a lot of negative emotions. He was constantly angry, jealous, and anxious. At first, John tried to ignore his negative emotions and push them down, but soon they became too strong to ignore. As time went on, John's negative emotions grew stronger and began to possess him like demons. His anger became a raging inferno that consumed him, his jealousy turned into a green-eyed monster that twisted his thoughts, and his anxiety became a suffocating weight that he carried with him every day. John tried everything he could think of to get rid of his negative emotions. He went to therapy, tried meditation, took prescription medication, and even sought help from a Catholic priest who specialized in spiritual warfare. But nothing seemed to work, and John began to lose hope. It wasn't until the priest explained to John that negative emotions are like demons that he began to understand what was happening to him. 
The priest explained that just as demons can possess a person's body, negative emotions can possess a person's mind and soul. Together, John and the priest began to fight against the negative emotions that were consuming him. They prayed, read scripture, and performed spiritual exercises to help John overcome his demons. Slowly but surely, John began to feel a difference. His anger, jealousy, and anxiety started to lose their grip on him, and he began to feel more at peace. He realized that the key to overcoming his negative emotions was to confront them head-on and to ask for help from a higher power. In the end, John learned that negative emotions can become our adversaries if we let them grow and go unchecked. But with faith, perseverance, and the help of others, we can overcome them and find peace. In Christian and Jewish traditions, the demon associated with anger is often identified as Asmodeus or Azazel. The demon associated with jealousy is often identified as Leviathan or Mammon. The demon associated with anxiety or fear is often identified as Belphegor or Abaddon. However, it's important to note that different cultures and belief systems may have different interpretations and associations with these emotions and demons. In Catholic theology, emotions are not directly linked to demonic influence and possession, but rather they can be affected by them. The theory that demons feed off negativity is not a specific Catholic teaching, but rather a belief that has been present in various spiritual and cultural traditions throughout history. In this theory, demons are thought to be attracted to negative emotions and energy, such as fear, anger, and despair, and they can feed off of them to gain strength and power. Some people believe that by cultivating positive emotions and energy, such as love, joy, and peace, they can weaken the influence of demons and protect themselves from demonic attacks. This may involve engaging in spiritual practices such as prayer, meditation, and acts of kindness and generosity. While the Catholic Church does not specifically endorse the idea that demons feed off negativity, it does teach that demons seek to harm humans by tempting them to sin and turn away from God. The Church encourages believers to cultivate virtue and avoid sin in order to resist the influence of demons and grow closer to God. According to Catholic teaching, demons are fallen angels who rebelled against God and seek to harm humans by tempting them to sin and turn away from God. The Catholic Church believes that demons can influence a person's thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, and may even possess a person's body in extreme cases. Regarding emotions, the Catholic Church teaches that emotions are a part of human nature and are not inherently sinful or evil. However, they can become disordered and lead to sinful behavior if not properly regulated. The church encourages the development of virtues such as self-control and prudence to help regulate emotions and prevent them from leading to sinful actions. In cases of demonic possession, the church believes that the person's body and soul are taken over by a demon. The church has an elaborate procedure for exorcisms, which is the process of removing the demon from the person's body. The church requires a trained and authorized priest to perform the exorcism, and it is only done after careful discernment to ensure that the person is truly possessed and not suffering from a medical or psychological condition.
it's important to note that while the Catholic Church recognizes the reality of demonic influence and possession, it does not attribute every negative experience or emotion to demonic influence. The Church recognizes that many negative emotions and experiences are a normal part of human life and can be addressed through prayer, sacraments, and other spiritual practices. There is a theory of demons being interdimensional beings, it suggests that demons exist in a different dimension or plane of reality than humans. This theory posits that demons are not physical creatures but instead are entities that can move between different dimensions or realms of existence. According to this theory, demons may be able to enter into our dimension or realm of existence and interact with humans. Some proponents of this theory suggest that demons may be able to manipulate or influence our reality in ways that are not immediately apparent to us, such as by causing physical or psychological disturbances or by influencing our thoughts and behavior. It is important to note that this theory is not a specific Catholic teaching, but rather a belief held by some individuals who study spirituality and the paranormal. The Catholic Church teaches that demons are spiritual beings that seek to harm humans and lead us away from God, and that we can protect ourselves from demonic attacks through prayer, spiritual practices, and a life of virtue. In the Catholic Church, there are various criteria used to determine whether a person is genuinely possessed by a demon. These include, 1. The person exhibits supernatural strength or abilities that are not physically explainable. 2. The person demonstrates knowledge of languages or information that they should not have access to. 3. The person shows an aversion to sacred objects or symbols, such as crucifixes or holy water. 4. The person exhibits unexplained physical or psychological symptoms that are not attributable to any known medical condition. 5. The person's symptoms do not respond to medical treatment or therapy. Once a person has been determined to be genuinely possessed, the church may perform an exorcism to drive out the demon. However, the church also cautions against jumping to conclusions and emphasizes the importance of ruling out any other possible explanations for a person's symptoms before concluding that they are possessed. It is worth noting that while the Catholic Church recognizes the reality of demonic possession, not all Christian denominations subscribe to this belief. Additionally, some people may interpret unusual behavior or experiences as evidence of possession, even if there is no medical or scientific explanation for them. The belief in demonic possession varies among different cultural and religious traditions, and the specific ways in which a person may become possessed can also vary. In some cultures, possession may be associated with spiritual practices or rituals, while in others, it may be seen as a result of negative actions or behaviors. In Christian belief, demonic possession may occur when a person opens themselves up to evil or allows a demon to enter their body or mind. This can happen through various means, such as engaging in occult practices, participating in dangerous or immoral behaviors, or being in close proximity to a possessed individual or object. However, it is important to note that there is no scientific evidence to support the existence of demonic possession or spirits that can enter and control a person's body or mind.
Many cases of supposed possession have been explained as mental or physical health issues, and it is important to seek professional medical or psychological help if someone is experiencing unusual or distressing symptoms. Modern cinema is obsessed with demonic possession. Sometimes it's portrayed based off of historical evidence and sometimes it's completely inaccurate and fictional. One such movie has always left an impression on me. Released on February 4, 1983, the entity is a horror movie supposedly based on a true story about a woman who claimed to have been sexually assaulted by a malevolent spirit. While the movie portrays the events as supernatural in nature, there is no scientific evidence to support the existence of such spirits or entities. In fact, many scientists and skeptics argue that cases of alleged paranormal activity can often be explained by natural phenomena or psychological factors. For example, some cases of ghost sightings may be caused by optical illusions or hallucinations, while others may be fueled by cultural beliefs or a desire for attention. Overall, while the entity is a fictionalized account of a purportedly true story, it should not be taken as evidence of the existence of paranormal events or beings. Rather, it is important to approach such claims with a critical and skeptical eye, and to rely on scientific evidence and analysis when evaluating them. Another popular movie about demonic possession is The Right. The movie The Right, starring Anthony Hopkins, is a 2011 supernatural horror film loosely based on the experiences of a real-life exorcist named Father Gary Thomas. While some aspects of the movie are based on real events, many details have been changed or exaggerated for dramatic effect. The Catholic Church has not officially approved or endorsed the movie, but Father Thomas himself has spoken positively about it. He has praised the movie's portrayal of the spiritual warfare involved in exorcism and the importance of faith in combating evil. However, some critics have raised concerns about the movie's portrayal of the Catholic Church and its practices. Some have argued that the movie presents a narrow and stereotypical view of the Church and its beliefs, and that it perpetuates myths and misunderstandings about exorcism. Overall, while the right may provide some insight into the experiences of real-life exorcists, it should also be approached with a critical eye and an understanding that it is a fictionalized account of those experiences. And finally let us discuss the Pope's Exorcist. The Pope's Exorcist came out in 2023 staring Russell Crowe. The story is about Chief Vatican Exorcist Gabrielle Amerth played by Russell Crowe. Amerth the late Pauline priest known as the James Bond of exorcists is an Italian priest who presides over demon extraction affairs from the early 80s until well into the 21st century. The man is real, and his duties true. He challenges the authority of the church while advocating for the eradication of evil. In the film is set in 1987 and an American family moves to Spain to fix up an old abbey that was passed down by the deceased father. Almost immediately, grief-addled son Henry falls victim to the highest king of hell who wreaks predictable havoc on the family. Naturally, Father Emmerth is called to the scene to vanquish this evil. The movie is based on a real Catholic exorcist, Emmerth, 
who was a founding member of the very organization condemning the movie as inaccurate. Amerth founded the International Association of Exorcists. Cinematically the film itself lives up to both the fears and expectations one wants in a classic horror film. And with all movies in this genre the line between history, pop culture, and make-believe blurs. The Pope's exorcist fact-check reveals that the Abbey of San Sebastian never existed in real life, and so we can see a fair amount creative license is built into the film. In truth the work of Father Emmerth was controversial during his lifetime. Father Emmerth, who died at age 91 in 2016, said he performed an estimated 100,000 exorcisms during his life. He founded the International Association of Exorcists which took some time to gain papal endorsement from John Paul II. Even now it is recognized as a private association of the Christian faithful rather than a group coordinated by ecclesiastical authorities. The International Association of Exorcists have publicly voiced concern that the film seems to fall under the category of splatter cinema, which it calls a subgenre of horror. The International Association of Exorcists has further commentated. This way of narrating Don Amarth's experience as an exorcist, in addition to being contrary to historical reality, distorts and falsifies what is truly lived and experienced during the exorcism of truly possessed people. The association, which claims more than 800 exorcist members and more than 120 auxiliary members worldwide further states. In addition, it is offensive with regard to the state of suffering in which those who are victims of an extraordinary action of the devil find themselves. Keep in mind that exorcism is considered a sacramental, not a sacrament, of the church. Though some have referenced exorcism as the dark sacrament, it is not a sacrament by church standards. It is a liturgical rite that only an authorized priest can perform. The real Emmerth said 98% of the people who came to him needed a psychiatrist, not an exorcist, a detail Crow S. Emmerth clarifies in the film. When a cardinal asks him about the remaining 2%, he says, Ah, the other 2%, this is something that has confounded all of science and all of medicine for a very long time. He adds after a dramatic pause, I call it evil. Possession can be found in multiple stages, it can be very real, and it can be mistaken for underlying mental or medical disorders. Don't jump to conclusions based off modern cinema. If an individual believes they are experiencing demonic influence or if another believes they may be possessed, it is important to first seek medical help in order to rule out any underlying physical or psychological conditions that may be causing the symptoms. Once medical causes have been ruled out, it may be appropriate to seek spiritual guidance or counseling from a trusted religious leader or mental health professional. The Catholic Church has a process for addressing cases of suspected demonic possession, which involves a trained exorcist working with the individual to determine if an exorcism is necessary. It is important to note that the Catholic Church only performs exorcisms after careful consideration and investigation, and only when other forms of treatment have been unsuccessful. Regardless of the belief surrounding the source of the demonic and the, the position taken, 
it is important to approach the issue with empathy, compassion, and a willingness to listen and understand the individual's experiences. It is also important to respect the individual's beliefs and cultural background, and to work together with them to find a path towards healing and recovery. The Dark Sacrament exists, but it may need a psychiatrist or an internist to execute it more so than a priest. This is Father Chris, reminding each of us to act justly, love with mercy, and walk humbly with God. induced psychosis, it's a real thing. Weed use is taking off as more states move to legalize it. And with all the buzz over medical marijuana, it's starting to gain an aura of healthfulness. But there are some serious health risks associated with frequent use. One of the more troubling ones is the risk of having a psychotic episode. Several past studies have found that more frequent use of pot is associated with a higher risk of psychosis, that is, when someone loses touch with reality. And it's not just about availability. THC is so much higher today in cannabis products than ever. THC gives you the high, but it can also be the breaking point into psychosis. Now a new study published in the, the Lancet Psychiatry shows that consuming pot on a daily basis and especially using high-potency cannabis increases the odds of having a psychotic episode later. High-potency cannabis is considered to be products with more than 10% tetrahydrocannabinol or THC, the compound responsible for the drug's psychoactive effects. Studies have identified that those who used cannabis daily were three times more likely to have a psychotic episode compared with someone who has never used the drug. And those who started using cannabis at age 15 or younger had a slightly more elevated risk than those who started using in later years. Use of high-potency weed almost doubled the odds of having psychosis compared with someone who had never smoked. 
And for those who used high potency weed on a daily basis, the risk of psychosis was even greater, for times greater than those who had never used. Cannabis induced psychosis, it's a real thing. This message has been brought to you by the In His Holy Name Ministry and its Mental Health Ministry.